So if you use the automation to enable the marketing team to do something that is still unique, but it is faster and better, it scales better, it, that then is actually the real benefit that you're gonna have. But if you just wanna use something where you automate sticking logos on something, that is not ABM. B2B has the potential to be electrifying. But the industry is paralyzed by a culture of conservatism, scared stiff in a straitjacket of rational ideas. It's time for change. It's time to make B2B marketing visceral. Join us as we uncover and explore the truth with leading B2B marketers. This is B2B marketing, the provocative truth. Hello and welcome to B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth. I'm Benedict and today I'm joined by Vin Schultz, who is the Vice President of Amir Marketing at Teradata. Vin, a very, very warm welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Very well and thanks for having me. Well, I've given the briefest of introductions to you, um, but for those that aren't familiar with you and potentially aren't familiar with Teradata, if I could hand over the mic for 30 seconds, give us the sort of the pricey of Vin Schultz. Good, great. I have been doing marketing for about the last 20 years. Um, I have spent my entire career in technology. I do have an engineering degree and I added an MBA at a later point in time. Um, I've done all kinds of sales roles, which is super helpful in my current job in marketing. Teradata is a company that sells data warehouse systems and analytic platforms. So we help really large banks, large retailers manage all of the data that they have and uh, really get actionable insights from all of the, the, the information they are collecting. So when we're dealing from a marketing perspective with our sales colleagues, it is very, very beneficial that I have been on the other side. Fantastic. I mean, you're somewhat of a, a, a polymath uh, marketer. Um, coming from an engineering background, you've got the business covered with the MBA and you've also done sales, which I think probably sets you up uh, quite nicely uh, to do marketing, given its sort of interdisciplinary nature. Um, today, we're going to be talking about um, ABM. Now, that is a topic that I think a lot of podcasts, including this one, have spoken about um, over time. Um, but I think that it's probably an opportune time for us to take a little bit of a, a cold, dispassionate look at ABM. Clearly, the principles of being able to you know, segment and profile your audience and creating tailored approaches to reach them is still very, very sound and still very relevant. But from my observation, ABM as a little bit of a phenomenon has one become a little bit sort of loose in terms of its meaning. And I also think potentially over the past year, it's dropped out of fashion a little bit. It was extremely fashionable as a concept um, a couple of years ago, but potentially people are losing that, uh, that same sort of uh, engagement with it. So the provocative truth that I want to deliver to you first and see where we get to here is that not only has ABM gone out of fashion, but unless it is reinvented, it's not really going to be delivering the value um, that marketers need. Is that something you would agree with? Hmm. That's really interesting because we're actually um, doing a lot of ABM. We have a very mm. short list of customers. So the, the key element, and, and I, would, I would agree that there is always waves up and down. Um, and I would also argue that ABM is not for everybody. If you do not understand your business and if your business is not suited to an ABM model, 
if you are in the consumer environment or if your business is way more transactional, you have to really look at the specifics of your business, the metrics, how many users, how many people are you trying to address. The way we're approaching this is really to have a tailored um, have a segmentation that is horizontally in the hierarchy of our customers, but it's also horizontally in terms of who delivers the largest amount. And you you will find the Pareto principle being true in mm -hmm. many places where 80% of your revenues actually come from 20% of your customers. When you actually shrink your customer base to a segment of one, I think that is that is the area where it really becomes interesting. I think ABM was tempting because people were tempted into taking shortcuts. I think people were made believe that with some level of automation capabilities, anybody could do it with no effort whatsoever. If you do not understand your own business, if you don't have a projection of where you want to be, and if you don't have an understanding at the detail level of what the customer is trying to achieve that you're trying to serve, And are you going to be able to make enough money out of that engagement to sustain um, a, a, an engine that is really tailored to this one purpose? Mm -hmm. Then it's going to get very difficult. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a sanity check after being hyped for a little time. And, and this has something to do with segment of one, hyper-personalization yeah. and uh, a lot of automation technology that kind of made you feel like, oh, we can now create something that appears to be personalized, but actually it isn't because it's still the output of a machine and more or less everybody gets the same. So I think what we're seeing is a sanity check. Mm -hmm. But from what I can tell is for us, it is super relevant and it is really what, what, what we need to continue our path on. As, and I think we will get into talking about, you know, the power of ABM, because clearly there is a huge relevance. As I said at the beginning, the principles of being able to segment your audience and being able to have a tailored approach makes intuitive, good, logical sense. But just to quickly pick up on something you're talking there, and you, you brought in the, the idea of automation and automation, which is an integral part of um, a lot of ABM approaches. Do you think that there is a misconception around ABM? in that people think that it's around investing in the right automation technology um, and are not fully appreciating the strategic part of ABM, which has to come first, which is all around that uh, segmentation and targeting you need to do of your, your audience. Yes. The short answer is yes. <laughs> and I think you summarized it in a, in a very good way. So I have to find my space to actually say something around this. Yeah. I believe um, autom automation was like um, the sacred cow for some time. Um, the ability to process large amounts of data that would help you profile gave you the illusion that an average profiling that you would do at a better granularity would give you what customers want. But when you actually look at When I take a picture at one of our events and I post it on LinkedIn, I get way more impressions than anything that is polished coming out of mm -hmm. the machine, out of the automation. I think there's a yearning on the audience side for authenticity. 
And that is hard to do with automation when you are thinking in terms of automation as numbers, volume of output. Mm -hmm. If you use automation to create more differentiated outputs, so if you use the automation to enable the marketing team to do something that is still unique and it's tailored to the people, mm -hmm. but it is faster and better, it scales better, it, the cost of that production goes down, mm -hmm. that then is actually the real benefit that you're going to have. But if you just want to use something where you automate sticking logos on something, that is not ABM. That's at least not the way I understand no. it. And that's probably not the way you interpret it as well. Well, I think it, I would be inclined to agree with you. I think the automation aspect is, it's, it's primarily, that is, it's the delivery. But really what is going to determine a successful ABM program is that work that is done up front in terms of understanding your audience as we talked about, um, and then developing what the right messages are for those different audience groups. So I, I'm fascinated because it sounds like you have got an ABM program up and running. Uh, and I think you've also thought about maybe some of the shortfalls in other ways that ABM programs are, are set up. I'd be really, it'd be great if you could almost just take me through, like what were the sort of the critical steps that you took to set up the ABM program that you've got running at the moment? What did you consider? How did you put together that, that planning? Okay. So the when you are serving a larger sales organization and you come up with the idea of having markets of one company, everybody wants to be their customer to be part of that program. So the first thing that I believe is, is you need to scope it correctly and you need to set the right expectations with your internal customer, the sales organization mm -hmm. primarily. The other thing I believe happens at all the way at the other end, the CMO needs to be the moderator in the C-suite to really align the group around a single purpose objective. And that needs to be clear because it informs all of the other activities. If you cannot agree on the, the, the main targets, goals, objectives, it's going to get very difficult to get a, a new set of governance or a new way of governing um, the whole process. You don't want to do all this exercise and lose your message, lose your positioning in a plethora of different interpretations. Yet you need customized development at the front end. If it's not done, specifically to the need of customer A or customer B and not done to the need of a certain hierarchy level at the customer that have the people that have specific needs. If you haven't researched the business problems correctly, we have customers in the banking industry and they all use our machinery in very different ways. You cannot just go with the banking approach to all of the banks. So this level of pre-work, yes, you need to put in, but it really starts with the company strategy. And I think the CMO has a critical role in making sure that there is alignment. Mm. We're probably going to talk a little bit about attribution at a later point in time. Um, but that, that is something that is then also very important when you start looking at, are, 
are we successful in what we're doing? So from, from what I'm understanding is there's the initial clear direction from the, the CMO or the appropriate sort of C-suite level in terms of from a company strategy perspective, this is the part of the market that we want to be growing in, this is the part of the market we want to be penetrating or, or whatever it might be. Then with those sort of parameters set, which is this is the part of the market, then it's a responsibility of the wider marketing team to go in, do an exercise of segmentation profiling around those different audience groups, understand their particular need states, create the different profiles which exist mm -hmm. within that, and then to be making a considered targeting strategy within that particular audience group. This is the sort of the critical strategic elements which need to underpin um, an ABM program. Yes, the, you bring the two things together when you have a set of rules and guidelines. You know, it's everybody's particular about brand. You want to maintain mm. your brand. So you have to inform the people, but you have to train and give them the tool sets. That's where I see actually the automation really kick mm. in. We're going into an era of no code. So that is going to do an, a tremendous service to democratization. It's going to have an enormous potential for enablement in terms of marketing teams that are local because localization is not translation. Localization is how you operate, how you mm -hmm. address people, how you speak to people. Is, is this sort of like a more traditional environment? Is this a more modern environment? I think there's a lot of things that you have to take into account. So the automation actually happens sort of like at an invisible layer, but it enables things like purpose-built um, landing pages, personalized landing pages. Mm. And there is an enormous opportunity where automation will help teams to effectively produce more but the actual messaging still will be a lot more tailored. It will be a lot more specific to people. Whereas most of the activities that I had seen over the last couple of years is people took this, had a, a certain set of things like five assets, stuck a logo on it and maybe the name of the account executive and then blasted it out to the organizations. And that is not giving people the feeling that this is something that was specifically built for them. And so what advice would you give? Because clearly you've got to balance um, the, the efficiency of being able to do things semi at, at scale and at speed with that really, really important customization um, dimension that you've just described there. What would be the advice that you would give to teams in order to get that right level of customization and also to plan out um, customized content? Your teams must have a passion for the customer. I think if you don't like your customer, you're probably in the wrong job. You shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing these things. If you cannot empathize with what they are trying to achieve and have a real urge to help them achieve that, you're never going to create impactful, great content. And that, to me, still is the starting point. It is the most important thing. You can build all the machinery around, um, and I think we're experiencing this. How many emails do you get a day? I get like 150, 200 emails that are just trying to sell me some sort of lead generation. Or something, and they all blur into the same thing. 
if you want to stand out and you you have to do something differently you have to address win or you have to address whoever your customer is in order to get their attention yeah. so i think if if you if you want to be successful find people with that mindset i mm-hmm. think it's a mindset thing build for a mindset of we want to serve these people we not, we're not serving a machine that just consumes material that are then being spit out in 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 a, in, a, in large volumes and i think that's that's a key element and then of course you have to set the expectations right i think i touched on this a little earlier says you can't you can't have this this level of service for everyone because there's typically a level of business results that you need in order to sustain a program like this so mm-hmm. it is something that really is focused sort of at the top end of your customer environment and in terms of picking up on that idea of the the business results you talked about attribution earlier what would be do you think the key things that marketers need to put in place at the beginning of setting up an ABA program in terms of measurement what should we be measuring and what do the business want to see in terms of results maybe and what's reasonable if you have agreement and i talked about the cmo moderating mm. um if you have agreement at the top what constitutes marketing success and i think if you don't agree that up front then marketing becomes a bunch of rainmakers everybody has their own expectation of what they should be doing and most of the time they should be doing the things somebody else is not doing so i think it is it is absolutely paramount to agree what it looks like i am pushing my teams to actually accept a customer supplier relationship i supply results to a sales organization so that they can run with these results and be successful in what they're doing so i have to agree some metric and the metric to me is mostly pipeline because in the way we're setting it up we cannot create pipeline pipeline is created and materializes in the crm system done by the sales organization i supply but my team is being measured on can they actually convert it into pipeline now that does not mean that all of your awareness metrics your clicks and views and impressions everything you have that builds a chain and everything that you measure at a particular point is lagging to what you're measuring but it is leading indicator for anything that follows in the process so i think the the key element here is is you have to agree this is what we're supplying the other side needs to articulate this is what we want that's another thing is is very often your customer doesn't articulate so you have to give them something that they can articulate around um because most of the discussions i have is is all i need is six events and that's not necessarily the answer the answer may be i need this much pipeline or i mm-hmm. need to find pipeline in a new area of the business and therefore the the discussion becomes okay how do we get in there and maybe an event is an approach but maybe it's not maybe we mm. should be doing totally other things and the arsenal or the, the the toolbox is way bigger so i think the the key element for for making is it a success is is you have to understand your process you have to have your 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 gateways but with your customer 
you primarily focus on whatever is important to them. And if the agreement is, it's in our case, it's pipeline, that's what we're working on. Mm. We're trying to find more pipeline or we're trying to accelerate pipeline. Those are the two things that we worry about, which also makes it a lot easier for the team, for the marketing team internally, because it kind of focuses them on the ones yeah. that is really important. That, that, that clear clarity, absolutely. And my, my penultimate question, actually, just picking up on, I think it's interesting you what you said there in terms of, Let's set set the, the goal and the ultimate goal is, is pipeline and then let marketing work out well what is the best way of achieving that. And you, you talked around events, you talked to sort of alluded to other different activities. Um I think there's one sort of preconception when it comes to ABM that this is a almost exclusively digital means of engaging with your um target audience. Where in fact, if you're going to take a truly sort of account-based approach, you should be using every different channel, every different medium, yeah. every different opportunity at your disposal to engage with them and to take them on that, that journey. I'm interested from your perspective and looking forward to what ABM should be in 2024. What are those additional channels which marketers really need to take into consideration when they are um, putting an ABM approach into place? So let me be provocative. I don't think it's the channels. I think it's the cadence in which you use the channels. And the cadence then has to mirror whatever the customer is trying to do when they are purchasing your solution. If, if there is no understanding of what the customer is struggling with, taking a decision, selecting one of three suppliers, doing evaluations and all these kinds of things. So there are different stages. And for each of the stage, you need to find the best tool or the best tools mm -hmm. channels to actually communicate because people want the stuff bite sized and they want it hyper personalized. They don't want to read a white paper at the beginning because it's too much information. They want something that is shorter. It may be a pod, and then maybe maybe later on you want to consume a podcast where somebody is yep. talking about things in a bit more depth, and then of course at the very end you may have to provide some really detailed information, you know, detailed case studies, and they want to speak to our, to another customer of yours, and have some reference inputs. I think you have to look at your entire arsenal or your entire toolbox. You have to mm -hmm. look at the whole channels. You have to understand how customers are acting most of the time, what are the stages they're going through, and then start mapping the right channels to the right point in time. And the success is in the cadence and doing the right things at the right time. And I, I do also just, uh, I think, to sort of go back to my sort of point around the, the presumption that it, it has to be delivered through digital channels is to think about ABM as an omni-channel <laughs> approach yeah, totally and bringing in some of that physical touch points as well, um, because these physical touch points can be so, so effective, certainly when it comes to building emotional engagement, which is also part of the journey you need to take people through which was a little bit i mean slightly forced segue but i think a relevant segue to my final question um which is our house question here on bc marketing the provocative truth and that is when was the last time that you saw any marketing it could be an advert it could be a piece of creative it could be anything really that made you feel it in your guts that moved you on a deep emotional level i think most of the time we would revert back to something that is an advertisement 
because that typically is designed in a particular way. So if this is um, something where, I don't know, and we've gone through a number of very difficult times now, is economically in, in many of the uh, Western economies, um, there is war in Ukraine. So there's, there's quite a bit of um, material that is out there. Actually, what I would like to share is, is there is one moment that I haven't turned into a marketing activity yet. So we do a lot of work with banks on fraud prevention. And we have just had the case that a co-worker of mine has an 80-year-old mother mm -hmm. who was in the process of selling her house and moving all the money to buy another house closer to the daughter. And in the middle of that, she became um, victim of a fraud attack. And it's one of these, um, hi, granny, I'm in trouble, don't tell mom, send me the money. So she did. And they were like super nervous. And it was down to the fact that the bank actually uses a Teradata system where we've gone through a major re-engineering exercise to take the fraud prediction modeling from 30 hours to 10 minutes. And 10 minutes was a short enough time to actually intercept the, this. And I'm thinking about how do I get this into a proper marketing? So, so this is where where my gut is at the moment is, is how do we actually do this without it being too cheesy? Yeah, and it's, it's very difficult. I can appreciate the, um, the conundrum that you are in there because also you don't want to be sort of exploitative of, of that. But what that is, is a very, very human story and a you know, any relatable human story to what is otherwise a very, very abstract piece of technology. And I think that's almost the lesson for marketers to learn is whatever, however, um, you know, niche your um, particular technology or product is, at some point, it has an impact on a human being. And actually being able to understand that impact on a human being and to be able to tell that human story is a way of, of moving your audience. Vin, I've, I've, I've enjoyed this and I found it very informative uh, for me, actually, in terms of understanding ABM. Um, if there are any Really, really, really big takeouts, though. I would say that it was what you said about, firstly, the business needs to be really, really clear about what it is that we are trying yeah. to achieve. And for us as marketers not to try and guess or work in proxies, but be really clear about this is the end outcome. We need leads in our pipeline within this segment or sector. And that is therefore what we need to do. And then the second sort of dimension, which I think is really going to sort of last, oh, sorry, <clears throat> stay with me, is that um, idea that ABM is not just a delivery mechanism. It's not just the automation technology, but it is that strategic sort of planning that needs to go in upfront. So Vin, it's been really, really fantastic uh, speaking to you about ABM. I think that that's really helped to move the conversation on. I think that you're right, it was becoming a little bit jaded, but it needs to be re-embraced, uh, but just with more sort of discipline around it. Uh, and it will mm. be here with us uh, for, for time to come. So Vin, yeah, thank you very, very much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more, head to allen-agency.com. You can stream B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. 
And don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Allen, thanks for listening. Thank you.